Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish in Alabama or the Deep South, you know that things are different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food source are not the same as other areas of the country. At Great Days Outdoor Magazine, Southern Outdoor writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoor Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoor Magazine can be found at your local Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin, or I should say, I was your host, Brian Sin. Right, guys? Hey, I hope y'all are doing great this week. Uh, man, I know you've got a lot of rain in South Alabama. It's looked like we, we've got a little around the Birmingham area as well. Looks like some more coming, but man, I'm looking out right now. It's blue sky, beautiful, and a great time to be on the water, but... Guys, I know that y'all have, the last few weeks, I've alluded to the fact that I'm no longer going to be the host. I'm going to be handing that off to somebody else, and uh, that time has come. I will be back on from time to time, I'm sure, and uh, if they will allow me, I would love to be able to make some guest appearances and, and still be a part of the show in any way that I can. These guys at Great Days Outdoors are awesome. Man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate joe and butch and what they've done uh for me getting this podcast to the point it is and man this podcast is really it it, it has really taken off the last couple of years and and uh, i just want to one more time thank all of our listeners for what they've meant to to me for our show for the success that we have and with that being said man i want to introduce you guys to the next latest greatest better than me host for sure uh, of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, Mr. Nick Williams. What's going on, Nick? Man, not much. We're just just sitting here looking out my window, checking out the Delta. I hear you, man. So let's let's talk about you for just a minute. So, Nick, you're down there at the Delta, man. So I'm assuming you are you in the Mobile area? Yes, sir. I live up in uh, Stockton, Alabama, kind of on the outskirts. Oh yeah, yeah, not yet in the in the country in good old Stockton, man. Well, you, you've got a. Uh, You've got a unique perspective. You know, the Delta, we talk about it on the show all the time. The Delta is a whole different deal uh, and, and and a whole different fishery than a lot of the state. So it's going to be really cool with your perspective down there. Tell us about yourself. I guess I like a lot of the uh, average viewers here. I, I fish a lot. I'm not an expert. I'm not near as uh, qualified as a lot of the guests that you have on here, not as qualified as you are, but I've been fishing my whole life from the time I was a little bitty, been out there ever since we moved up here five years ago, been out here every weekend at least. And, uh, I don't catch a lot of fish. I, I, I catch a lot of fish, but I tell people the secret is I go a lot. So if you go every day and you catch one fish a day and you take pictures, and if you catch two fish, you just change your hat, take the other picture. So it looks like you went on a different day. It makes it yeah, look that's, like that's a, a beautiful thing, man. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. That's well, I can, I, I can tell you this, uh, you will catch after hosting this show for for a while i can assure you you're gonna catch more fish because you're gonna have guys on here nick that man i mean they are experts at what they do we're so fortunate to have the guest list that we have and the contributors that we have 
they pour into the show and, and the information that they give out is, has been so helpful to me as a fisherman, but, and that's the whole basis of the show, right, Nick? I mean, we want to help people catch more fish and, and I really appreciate the guys over the last three and a half years that have poured into the show and, and, and taught us all a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to learning. That was the, the biggest perk. Uh, when Joe and Butch reached out to me, wanted me to come on, I was looking forward to being able to pick some people's brains. So I, I like to think that I kind of come at it with the perspective of most of the viewers. I'm I'm here to learn too. I don't know. So everybody everybody listening in is going to have to get ready for me to ask some uh, some silly questions that maybe everybody else is a little bit too embarrassed to ask. But I, well, I'm here, not afraid to ask a silly question. Well, here's what I do, Nick. Anytime there's something that I don't know what they're talking about. I say, hey, uh, can you break that down for our listeners just a little bit more so they understand? I act like I already knew. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. But I have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just uh, put it off on our on our listeners that uh, that that might not know. That's it. That's it. Well, I'm I'm not afraid to say I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're going to learn a lot, man. You're going to have a lot of fun doing this, and and uh, just as importantly, you're going to make a lot of good friends with the contributors around the state that call in. And we got got some really good people that are part of this show, and and you're gonna get close to them, and and uh, man, you're gonna probably get to go on a lot of really good fishing trips with some great fishermen. There we go, there we go. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with some of the Delta guys down here, uh, Dick McMillan, Wayne Miller, guys like that, and uh, it's always a good thing to uh to have friends that's good fishermen. If you can't be a good fisherman, you need to know some friends. Exactly, man, and 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 Dip, we uh really have you know dip kind of came to our show we found dip late in the in in the year and uh or over the last three years but we he's been on the show several times lately and man what a joy he is to have on he catches a lot of fish and he's just a just a good dude man oh yeah every time i've talked to dip he's made my day better so yeah no doubt about that and and his nonprofit that he does to get kids involved in the outdoors is spectacular as well oh yeah absolutely super super humble guy yeah well you ready to do this thing man you sound like you're already a professional on here i mean you you, you got <laughs> i think you're uh, i think you're gonna do great and man if uh me to come back on and and either co-host with you sometime or if you ever need a break and uh if you're fishing and just can't get back in time because the fish are biting good and you don't want to get off the water call me and i'll record a show for you absolutely we'd be happy to have you back on good stuff well nick i'm handing it officially over to you guys i have enjoyed it immensely i will be back on here i'm sure but uh nick is going you're in good hands with nick he'll do a phenomenal job and i hope the show just continues to have success and i hope all our listeners uh will continue to share it with their friends talk about it and this thing just continues to grow we started something really good and I look forward to see what it does in the future. All right, Nick, I'm handing it off, brother. It's all you. All right. Well, we're going to bow up on it. Let's get it done. All right. All right, guys, I'm Nick Williams, and we are here today with kind of a special segment of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Since I hail from way down south in the Mobile, Tensaw Delta, we're going to be featuring a couple of guests who are here local. Our first guest we have is going to be Captain Wayne Miller. Uh, he is a Coast Guard captain. He does a lot of stuff here in the Mobile, Tensaw Delta. He is the man for bass. We've been talking a little bit about it. Wayne, glad to have you on the show. How's, how's the fishing been the past couple of weeks? I tell you, it's great to be with y'all. Uh, you know, the fishing on the Delta, uh, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago, and it, it's it's really been good. Uh, we've had a typical spring on the Delta, what we saw, you know, where we have 
pretty big swings, water fluctuations where the water gets up and, and basically makes it unfishable. Um, but that's nothing new. We see that every year. And it's actually a tremendous blessing for the fishery. I mean, it, it allows those fish, you know, uh, in this very large, expansive, you know, delta, it allows those fish, not just bass, but every species to access those woods, the crawfish, and uh, man, I mean, it's just a, a literal buffet for the for the fishery. So, um, you know, that's always good, and uh, we've seen some real good spawns this year. You know, so it, uh, everything's led up to you know being a, a really good year, and we're seeing that reflected in our our numbers on our our tournaments, and and that's you know typically you know what I I use to judge the health of the fishery uh, in that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in tune with all the local tournaments, you know, both the weekend tournaments, the tournaments during the week. And, uh, you know, especially as you get to know the fishermen, you kind of know where most of these guys fish. So, you know, you get a pretty good idea about where those sacks are coming from, but, you know, we're seeing a, a really a pretty phenomenal average it's taken to win, you know, most of the major weekend tournaments here. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's typically taken between a three and four pound average, uh, you know, uh, per fish, you know, to win most of our tournaments. And that's applicable even to the tournaments that we had in the spring where the the rivers, both the Alabama and the Tom Bigby, were flooded to the point to where, we know those fish came off the main delta, either the middle or the lower delta. So, you know, these lakes and creeks and bayous and everything that we have here on the delta are really producing quality fish. And, uh, and I, I kind of attribute that to the fact that, you know, we've had just some really good years and thank goodness we hadn't had one of those uh, major hurricanes that, you know, really inundated the delta with with salt water and we've seen a really big resurgence of grass on the delta and i think that's helped a lot especially down on the lower end absolutely well let me let me circle back to something you said at the very start because i know down here the million dollar question if you're on the mobile tensile delta sportsman's page or if you're just hanging around uh you know bass pro shops lobby the million dollar question is always you know, what, what's the water look like at Hubbard's? What's the water look like at Bryant's? What's the water look like at Mount Vernon? And uh, I know the water's done kind of settled out for now. And you mentioned that it's it's really, you know, cyclical. Like it's, it's I agree with you. It's something that's, it happens every year. You know, you're going to be flooded out in the spring. What, in your opinion, just, just for folks who are listening in to keep in mind in the future, when do you consider the flooding to usually be over in the spring? What kind of marks that transition from, you know, difficult high water flooded conditions to quote unquote normal once the water gets back into bank? Yeah, you know, I mean, typically we see things lying out by about May, but, uh, you know, I mean, we can still have, you know, uh, situations where we see, you know, flooding, especially up on the, the upper delta. You know, um, and that's that's directly related to the, the Alabama and the Tom Bigby rivers. But, um, you know, kind of the gauge that, that we use down here, most of the guys here use uh, to look at is really the Mobile River reading at Berry Steam Plant. And any time that reading gets down below, you know, four feet and stays for an extended period of time, 
then typically that that flooding on the rivers is pretty much over and you'll see these rivers clean up and get really nice, you know, from the standpoint of water clarity. Now, you know, uh, flood stage, you know, um, on, on the mobile, I mean, we really look at, at most of the, the lakes in the middle and the lower delta. If you've got a reading above seven and a half, eight feet on the, the Berry steam plant reading for the Mobile River, you're going to have flooding on these these lakes in the middle delta. Now, what I mean by that is you've got actual flow. You've got muddy water coming through the head of those lakes. And, man, it really just tears the fishing up. So even when that level drops, you know, it takes, a, a, you know, a, a week or two for that water to clean up in these lakes. So that's always something you want to consider when you look, you know, in the early spring or as you transition this time of year is, you know, are you just coming off a big fall on that river? And if you are, uh, you know, it, it can you can still be facing some pretty tough conditions. But like right now, you know, we've had that, you know, just this regular normal levels. And, you know, you, you can look at the history online of those those river readings and get a pretty good idea about you know what what condition the river should should be in yeah for sure that's that's something i look for personally as a as a local angler and a duck hunter what i really like to see is where you can see in that in that you know historical hydrograph reading once you can start seeing the tidal fluctuation show up at barry right like if the water's high or if the water's (laughs) going out and it's still flooding you're not going to see a tidal read up there once you kind of settle and you can look back and say okay well yesterday last night we started tidal movement back in you know Okay, yeah. for the time being, we we kind of stabilized a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and you know, along with that, what we typically see is, uh, you know, the the water clarity cleans up, and you know, it's always funny to me to talk about when we talk about down here clear water because you know, I our idea of clear water and people that fish up at Smith Lake and you know Pickwick and places like that. It's a lot different. <laughs> oh, it is very different. You know? I did I did some fishing up there a couple of years ago and uh did did some deer hunting and some fishing was out there on my boat and you could see bass down in 10, 12 foot of water in some of in some of those little coves on the edge of Smith Lake. And it, it blew my mind. I was like, well, man, if I could fish up here, I, I could go pro because I can see them. I, they're just right there. I don't need a fish finder. That's a bass right there on that log. And, and here, I don't know I've ever yeah. seen any of the water that clear. Yeah. But, you know, the good part of that is, I mean, we uh, we are blessed with, you know, an abundance of, you know, creeks that, that clean up relatively fast. So, you know, even when we have these conditions that we, we're just referenced to in the spring where we have that flooding, you know, uh, as the rivers fall, you know, we'll have, we'll have areas that clean up and there's, it's like, it's always somewhere you can go fish. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of the great things about the Delta. And, and right now, uh, what we're seeing is, and we, you know, we mentioned this, but as we see this water clean up these main rivers, uh, you know, and, and as the water temperature, you know, bumps up into the mid eighties and the upper eighties, you know, we'll see more and more fishermen transition out to these main rivers. And, and you know, with, with that water cleaning up in those main rivers, I'm not talking about it being clear because these main rivers just don't get super clear until, you know, in the, in the fall. And even then, they're not super clear. But 
you have good enough water clarity that you can catch a lot of really good fish out in the main rivers and that's what we're seeing right now a lot of our a lot of our bass guys are transitioning you know out to those summer patterns that that most bass fishermen are acclimated to you know to go into this time of year so what's what's that look like for you down here everything high water's done receded we're moving into uh summer patterns water's warming up mid to upper 80s what for you does does a summer pattern mean what are fish doing and what are you doing to kind of get on them yeah well you know you know one of the keys you know to this delta and you know i I tell people this all the time it's um you know one of the best things you can do is you know just be versatile and 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 really try to try a lot of different patterns but it really helps you if you can stay on the water and pretty consistently get out there at least a couple of times every week because uh, you know it helps to stay on the fish but you know even now as we transition into the hotter months uh, you know the good news is we have so many lakes you know off the main rivers that have deep water in them and uh, you know uh, what we see, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm typically pretty successful with it is, you know, I'll target those lakes and, and deeper creeks first thing in the morning, you know, for a topwater bite. And then as the day progresses and it heats up, you know, especially on days where you have, you know, uh, bluebird skies, you know, when you've got a lot of sun, sun penetration, uh, then I, I get out of those lakes and I try to get into the rivers because, you know, typically what you've got, irregardless of the tidal movement, you've, you've, you've got some, some river current. And, uh, you know, and that's always good to have current, whether or not it's, you know, the current is generated by the river itself or by the tidal flow. Anytime you start bumping up into these high water temperatures, you know, fish have a tendency to feed a lot better when they have current. Sure. Yeah, that's that's something I can attest to. I'm not a big fisherman, but I know... Uh... I learned years ago here in the Delta, especially as it heats up, if if you don't have current, it's a gar hole. You'll catch you'll catch gar up on top water. <laughs> you'll catch you some shoe pick. You may get lucky and catch some channel cats that's hanging in there. But if you want to catch anything else, uh, you got you got to find the flow somewhere. Yeah. What yeah. what are you throwing if if you're getting out there and you hitting? You talk about hitting them deeper creeks, throwing a top water lure. What do you usually like to work for top water? You know, uh, I I have a lot of luck. You know, the Delta, it, it's a great fishery for buzzbaits. It always has been. And, and I think uh, buzzbaits have really been uh, fantastic this year. Now, you know, the frog bite is so good. And I, I think every tackle company in the world is, has got a, a full array of frogs. Uh, so, you know, that uh, that has become so popular. But, I mean, it works. But there's so many people that throw frogs that I've kind of transitioned away from them, and I stick with buzz baits. And, and I also, uh, you know, as we see this water warm up, we'll see a lot more people transition to uh, stick baits. And that's something that I love to throw. You know, I slow down with a little bit bigger uh, stick bait, a rogue, and there's a bunch of different, you know, type baits. But also, you know, some big walking baits like the Zara Spooks, uh, Lucky Crab Sammies. Uh, you know, now, uh, even out on the main rivers, uh, on points and things, you know, as this water gets hot the summer months, that's a great pattern for here on the Delta. And it's something that, you know, you can pull out there in the middle of the day. 
uh, you know, with a on a bright sunny day, and a lot of times you can you can throw a big spook across some of these main river points, and it'll amaze you how many fish you'll catch. Oh, the like the Zara spook topwater baits. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah those, those are you know the big big walking baits. Right, and uh, you know those a lot of those fish. You know, as we move into those summer months, you know what they do? They pull off these points. And, um, you know, they'll suspend. Uh, a lot of times they'll suspend out there in group, you know, and, and they're just, they're primarily getting in areas where they can, you know, relatively move a short distance and get out of that current. But they're right there where when the current does move, they've got a lot of bait flow, you know, coming by them. You know, with those suspended tight fish, a lot of times you can take a top water and uh, for whatever reason, it, it tends to typically really pick off some of the bigger fish. You know, they'll come up and uh, they just can't stand that big old ur- ugly spook coming over their head. That's right. What do you usually throw when you topwater baits on? Uh, I, I throw just about everything, you know, from the standpoint of those bigger baits, uh, you know, on um, on a bait caster. You know, I'm just using typically a seven two seven three medium heavy with you know, uh, but, you know, when you're fishing those type patterns, you know, you're making a long cast with those topwater baits and even on the buzz baits, you know, but, um, you know, I don't go to braided line or anything. I, I typically just use fluorocarbon in the 12 to 15 pound range, but I, I also catch a lot of fish here on the Delta, you know, going with some, what most people would consider finesse techniques and that, you know, in, in the heat of the summer, I love to skip and, you know, fish weightless worms, you know, trick worms, and also like sinkos, you know, up, you know, in, in on wood, uh, not only grass, but also around wood. That's a real productive pattern here on the Delta. I got you. What a, do you run into anything if you're throwing them, them little kind of finesse baits, like you were saying, them sinkos and stuff, if you're getting up on structure like that, do you ever run into any, uh, any like incidental crappie catch? I know you're mainly a bass guy, but you ever pick up on anything else in there? Uh, usually not. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I catch a few crappie, but, uh, but not many doing that. It's, uh, uh, that's, uh, Typically a, a pretty good pattern for bass, but that's that's pretty much all I catch on it when I when I utilize those particular patterns. I got you. How how long? So you you talking about about bass on points? Like say that you get out there and you got your top water set up and you find your point. How long are you usually working something? How how much are you going to work with that top water lure before you give up and move on to the next point? Is it something where you expecting a bite fairly quick or is it something where you, you know that you're going to have to sit there and you might have to kind of coax them out and work it past them a couple yeah. times? Well, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest trick to that is, I mean, typically any of those main lake, main river points, they've got fish on, uh, you know, this time of year and transitioning into the summer months, there are fish there. Now, how they're set up on it. Now, obviously, with the advent of forward-facing sonar, you can utilize your sonar uh, to, to help you try to find those fish. But, uh, you know, the real key is to, for me, is to not just lock down on one particular angle. Uh, you know, I, I've got a real good friend of mine that's a fantastic fisherman here on the Delta and up at Miller's Ferry, a buddy of mine named Morgan Granger. And, Morgan always says, man, it, it's all about the pool. 
you got to figure out the angle to make that pull on a point, you know, and that's, that's how you'll be successful. You got to present that bait, you know, in a way that, that draws those fish. And, uh, and sometimes that requires moving inside the point, sometimes outside the point, you know, downstream, upstream. I mean, there's, uh, there's, and times there's no rhyme and reason to it. I mean, uh, sometimes it's all, all it is is a matter of perhaps moving your boat, you know, around uh, to the other side of the point, and you make that presentation with the same bait, and all of a sudden the fish start hitting it. So right. it's, uh, you know, and, and something else that you always want to do when you start transitioning into these summer patterns like these main points is, you know, don't just get locked on throwing a topwater, even if it's, even if it's working. I mean, I always keep a, a little shad-colored square bill uh, or a little bit deeper diving crankbait on the deck. And, uh, you know, if if I catch two or three fish and then, you know, they stop biting, you know, I'll pick that crankbait up and throw it. A lot of times all you got to do is just, you know, generate uh, another fish to react on something and they'll, they'll get back in that feed mode. So it's, uh, you know... Like, like we we talked about initially, you know, you just really have to you have to be versatile, and uh, you know, you can't go out there with a you know uh, predetermined idea about you know, well, this is what they're going to bite, and this is what I'm going to throw. Well, that may work out some days, but I can tell you that that delta it'll it'll hurt your feelings <laughs> if, yeah, if you it, go out there with with that mindset. It it hurts my feelings a lot. It seems like, and and you exactly right. I've had my best days fishing when when you go out there and you keep an open mind and and you just say, okay, well, like some of my best days have been when I haven't been in a while, and I say, okay, well, I don't know what they're doing, and and you just you know you try a few things here and there, you know, start shallow if you're not catching them, work a little bit deeper, move you know from a from a creek to a lake or a lake hitched to river mouth. And and sometimes you just, you throw something at the wall, throw a lure you've never thrown before. And all of a sudden, like last year, I've never had much luck. <laughs> Everybody talks about throwing crawfish patterns and I've just never really caught a lot on them. I like to throw shad and like a shad crankbait. And uh, yeah, and I, I tried one. I always keep one in my tackle box and I was sitting there not too far from Live Oak Landing. And uh, just next thing you know, start catching fish on a, on a crawfish crankbait. And, and caught them not big ones but caught them pretty consistently there for three or four hours that morning and uh i ain't caught them again since but, but that day that's yeah. what they wanted so well what yeah. would be so come coming up this weekend we got folks that maybe like me uh ain't been out in a while not like you they don't really have their uh their ear to the ground so to speak if you got somebody going out this weekend who who don't know what the pattern is what would be your recommendation what's what's the first thing that they should try and is there anything they could do maybe that they'd give them a little extra edge yeah well you know the first thing that you know i would look at is again the tides and and we're actually transitioning into a uh we're just coming off a nip tide so we've got some some pretty good tides this weekend uh, uh we'll have an incoming tide in the mornings uh but a good strong outgoing tide in the afternoons so you know if i was going to target uh, a time a day to fish i would probably go with the afternoons as long as they're not forecasting thunderstorms and that's something you know this time of year uh when we have these really hot days uh you know down here on the delta it you know when it feels like it's 115 degrees by one o'clock 
there's a high probability it's not a matter of whether or not we're going to have thunderstorms. They're coming. They're just, you know, it's where they're going to be, and they'll typically be scattered. But you really have to be careful about that. And, uh, you know, from the standpoint of stability, uh, you know, you you probably a lot better off targeting going in the mornings, uh, you know, being able to know you can get in three, four hours without worrying about rain. And uh, and that bite's been good. I mean, uh, but I would still, if I was going this weekend and hadn't been out on the water, I would still target some of the larger creeks that have deep water on them, uh, you know, to go in and, and really fish for that top water bite first thing in the day. And, you know, we've got so many of them here on the Delta, Tensaw Lake, you know, uh, Mifflin. If you're over on the Tensaw side, you come down McReynolds, I mean, Dennis, I mean, if you come over on the Mobile side, there's just, you know, numerous lakes. So it's, you know, there's a lot of areas you can go try. But but there again, that gets back to what we just got through talking about being versatile. I mean, bounce in there and, uh, you know, really pay attention. Okay, are you fishing, you know, a little bit deeper vertical banks that have some outstanding cypress trees on them and, and a lake like Mifflin? And if you start getting bit on that, uh, say a buzz bait or on a trick worm or whatever you're throwing, you know, typically what you can do within that lake, you can go run that pattern and, and try to, you know, target those same type trees. Or if you go into one of the lakes and you get on a grass pattern, but the reason I even mentioned that one particular pattern, not that, you know, I would expect that to be the, the best pattern, but if you're doing that and it's not working, don't just keep doing it for two hours. You know, you want to you want to completely abandon that. Go try something else. Right, you know, and that's that's really the key to it. Well, I hear you. Well, that, that's a good deal. I may try to hit the water this weekend and see. I ain't been in a while, but I may pull the Father's Day cards since I'm a new dad and see if I can't sneak out there a little <laughs> bit Sunday morning. What uh, if if folks want to just really hit the easy button on it? Uh, what's a good way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, they can reach me by phone. Uh, my number is 251-455-7404. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, if y'all decide to reach out, Wayne Miller, y'all can tell he is absolutely the man. Wayne, uh, pleasure having you on. Good talking to you. Look forward to talking to you again a lot in the future, sir. Yeah, man. It is great. Really enjoyed it. If I can help y'all, just let me know. All right, guys, that was Wayne Miller, expert bass guide for the Mobile Tensaw Delta. We're going to take a real quick break and hear from one of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Killer Doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs and or through the slides. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at killerdock.com. All right, guys, we are back and we are moving on from bass to crappie. And I've got with me today, I've got somebody that you may be familiar with. We've got Dip McMillan, crappie fisherman extraordinaire for the Mobile Tensaw Delta region. Dip, how you doing today, brother? 
Doing, doing pretty good, but how about y'all? Oh, man, we're just trying to stay cool. You know how it is. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Dip, I, I ain't been fishing. I was just telling Wayne, I ain't been in probably two months. It's been turkey season since I got my boat in the water. So uh, what am I missing? How's the fishing right now? And the fishing right now is outstanding. Um, these fishermen right now have moved into the um, summer pattern, which on the um, lower tensile and the upper tensile, these fish is finding structure in seven to 12 foot of water. If you got heavy structure and um, them crappies, they are there and they are biting minnows and jigs. Minnows and jigs. Where do you get your minnows from? I get my minnow from Miss um, Botwell Bait and Tackle off of um, Highway 225, between Highway 225 and 138. Good deal, good deal. I get a lot of stuff from Miss Becky, too. She's got a, not just the little crappie minnows, but the big old bass shiners. Those is my favorite. That's my secret weapon. I ain't as good as Wayne, so I got to have a secret weapon if I bass fish. <laughs> yeah, so. she got a variety of crappie lures now, man. It makes it easy to, to um, just to go there and wait the bass pro shop open and all that. Um, she opened at 5 o'clock every morning, man. and It's very convenient for the local fishermen, for sure. She definitely is. Definitely is. Well, when if you uh, so if you throw in jigs, what uh, I know I know crappie fishermen they bad as women are with lipstick and nail polish. Uh, as far as all the different colors, what's what's your hot color right now? My hot color right now is a um, well I tie my own hair jigs right now, so I'm using a um, a ghost. That ghost is a solid gray color with a um, that's something like a light blue and um green color. I got you. So you say it, it's a it's a light gray with kind of a blue green to it. That solid ghost on my hair jig. That's just a solid gray jig. I mean, a solid gray hair jig. I it's got a, you. Um, but on my yeah, on my plastic, what I'm throwing is they call we call it a bluegrass from ATX Lures, and they um it's kind of a short truth with a light blue tint to it. I got you. That's. Uh, kind of strange to me to hear because uh, I know a lot of guys here, you you see them throwing real colorful patterns. They're throwing like the oranges and the pinks and stuff like that in dingy water. Are you getting bit good on more natural color this time of the year? On, on that natural color, um, especially that that um that ghost, that ghost looked just like a minnow. After you dip it in the water a couple of times, it looked, I mean, it imitated a minnow big time. But, I got you. Um, but also my plastic now, that bluegrass, I, I don't know why those crap is on it. I guess that pink head triggers too, because that's all I use is a pink head or short cruise head, one sixteenth. But that bluegrass has been a hot topic lately, hot topic. I got you. Do you ever, uh, talk about your hot pink head, do you ever throw, when, like when you're, when you're fishing a structure, are you vertical jigging for them or are you throwing with a spinning rod? Are you throwing like that jig on like an underspin or anything like that? It's depending how that structure um, is located, presented in the water. I use my live scope. If them fish is active on there, and um, if I can cast to them, I prefer to cast to them now of about 20 yards out because you don't spook them. Right. If they don't bite the casting or don't want to come off that structure, that's when I got the vertical. That's when I got to get up there about 10, 10 foot from them, just vertical jig on them. But either way, we can um we can find out what color they like, but me personally right now I prefer casting to them. That's a lot. It's a fun, and you can catch more fish because you're not spooking them. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, so if, if you casting to them and you you fishing on your structure, you ever have a problem getting hung? Not really, because the machine we got now, I mean, technology is so awesome. You can see that jig. You can keep it off the structure. I got but you. But now, like if you 
if you vertical jigging on here and there, you're going to get hung up. But casting, you can use that one third of second, um, one third of second, um, jig head, and you can keep that, um, that weight or that jig above the, um, the structure and let that fish come out of that brush pile and attack it. I got you. So that, that live scope, and I know, I know that's been a really hot topic here for the past year since that come out. And I see more and more, uh, good crappie anglers switching over to it. And I've been, I've been told basically now that if, uh, if you tournament fishing and you don't have one, you just fishing for third place. Have you noticed it making that big of a difference for you personally? Very big difference. I had mine going on eight, about eight, about eight months now. And it's a very big difference because you can look on the structure. You can see a big fish there. You can see if the fish don't, the fish on there and just not moving at all and just being lazy. You might well go to another structure. I mean, it just, it just tells you so much how the fish are reacting that day. I mean, it's a game changer for sure. I got you. What kind of structure are you looking for in particular? I'm looking for underwater structure, and that's why I tell everybody. Me, I don't really fish treetops or blowed over structure where everybody can see unless I'm in a tournament like I was this past weekend and don't have a choice. But um, I'm looking for underwater structure in 8 to 12 foot of water. Either it's a log, a blowed over tree, stump, it don't matter. That's what I'm targeting with my um, with my low ramps. I got you. So bloated, bloat over structure. You're looking for kind of hidden structure. You're not one of them guys I see out there who's just tied up with old falling down tree on the bank. Oh, oh no way. No <laughs> way. No way. I like to fish structure that the average person that's going to go right over them. Um, they don't see it in the water. And that, that usually that, that underwater structure in eight to 12 foot don't have much pressure on it. And them fish usually going to bite. I, I like it. You, it sounds like you crappie fish about the way I deer hunt. I like to be be on the spots everybody else is walking past. I like it. Absolutely. I like it. So where are you looking at 12 foot of water? I know you do a lot of fishing kind of here on the eastern shore side of everything. Where, where's kind of your go-to spots? I'm not looking for secret spots, but just as far as like general areas, are you are you uh, you, you part of team hashtag Mifflin or are you Tensaw Lake or where, where about you usually start out? Me, like I like, I mean, anybody that um, know me knows that um, I don't fish the same place twice. If I'm fishing Saturday and Sunday, I may be, um, I may lunch at Cliff Landing and hit Mac Reynolds or Dennis. And then Sunday, you can probably see me up there around Hubbard's or I may be on the Mobile River. So it's not, it's no particular place that I may be at. I mean, I, I travel that Delta from the South End all the way up to the Tom Big. I got you. If you're swinging a wide loop, do you notice, uh, any difference as far as is being further south versus further north is there a difference in like if you catch more white crappie or black crappie or is there one area that's better for numbers or better for bigger fish or any many differences because the delta you know it's a real big place i know you know ninety thousand acres or something like that i think is what they say any any kind of differences within kind of the different regions and lakes inside the delta yes sir it's a huge difference um when i have my crappie tournaments i that's why we closed off the um the Mobile, the Bama, and the Tom Bigby. You know, it's Tensaw only because those fish over there get get um get the 15, the 16 and a half, 17 inches with them big white crappie. And they very few on the Tensaw. So the Tensaw and the Tom Bigby and the Alabama, I mean, that's night and day from the crappie side. Now, we have some over here, but up up there, man, you can catch numbers. Like we had this past weekend, them guys brought in a seven-fish bag, 10 pounds. Jeez. Really, you can't do that on the Tensaw. Yeah, I've uh, I, I do I do a little crappie fishing here and there, and I know I I struggle a lot of days. That's uh, why I like like watching your YouTube channel, seeing the stuff that you post, because there's days where we go and we catch crappie, 
you know, me and my wife will go out there and, and we catch them good, but trying to find keeper crappie, trying to, trying to find them, you know, just that, that 10, 11 inch crappie sometimes that can be tough. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, you can get into numbers on the tensaw big time. You can fit Hubbard and you can catch nine to 10 and a half inch fish all day long. And I like hubbers. I like taking kids to hubbers, let them see what that fast action all about. But if I want to catch bigger crappie, I stay on the lower side between Dennis Lake, Mifflin, McReynolds, and Briar Creek. I got you. You running into any, uh, if you after crappie fishing, you ever run into any of them big bluegill out there a little bit deeper on that structure? Yes, sir, I have. Big bluegill, um, bass, and um, and gargalize. Yes, sir, I do. Them big gargalize and shellcracker. Sometimes on that screen, they look just like crappie. <laughs> I'm Man, telling you, yes. It's been a minute since I've caught a goggle eye. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty fish, man. I love I love catching them. They always make you day. Yes, sir. The big old red eyes. I don't know. Is there is there anything, anything a note happened last time you went out? I know there's a, uh, you know, kind of transitioning in the summer with the water kind of falling out. I know it kind of makes the wildlife shift around. Y'all been seeing anything cool out there? Yeah. Um... Well, our biggest thing right now is that tide, man. I mean, we, we have a good tide, and we have a tide that is so low, man, you, it, it's getting frustrating because all your structure that was in 10 or 12 foot of water, now it's it's gone. So, and now I just looked on the phone before I got on here and look at the river state. Alabama's supposed to be uh, around 30 foot this coming up weekend, so what's 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 up there got to come down here man so the fishing the wildlife i just hope they don't get flooded again man not this time of the year it's going to hurt us big time plus the tournaments we got coming up right what uh what tournaments do y'all have coming up up there y'all got anything else coming up in uh hubbard's here in the next few weeks yes sir we're going to have a tournament coming up well we got one at base lake next weekend if it don't get flooded out and then I want to say the second week in July, we're going to be at Hubbard's Landing. I got you. And did 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 you just finish up or are y'all about to do? Uh, I know I know you do every year, your Dippy Outdoors tournament. Did y'all, did y'all wrap that up already? or? Oh, no, sir. That's August the 12th. We're getting ready for it every day. Every day a sponsor called me and, and I want to donate a prize or anything. So that's about to be happening in a few months. August the 12th at Hubbard's Landing. And all the kids, they get the fish free. Everything's free for the kids okay i got you yeah well i've been watching that for for several years and that's always fun to see see a a waterway full of little kids out there and y'all y'all set them up don't you with like their own own rod and reel tackle box all that you talk about your sponsors yes sir they give a um every kid an internet tournament give a um get a um a free rod and reel they get tackle boxes um then we have about 20 to 25 um draws that they may get um with tickets they get a ticket and they got to enter the um Enter a box to win a um a Ingle cooler, um Yeti cooler, then a um, brand new utility trailer. And this year we got a kayak too, so they're gonna have a tons of chances to win big prizes as well. That's awesome, man. Them Ingles coolers. You were talking earlier about fishing with minnows, and uh, I do a lot of live bait fishing, especially a couple years ago. My wife started fishing with me, and uh, it's just easier to set her up, you know, with a little slip cork rig, and uh. That is something I found out. You talk about it being hot right now. You get out there and it feels like it's 110 degrees out on the water. And then minnows, man, they do not stay fresh long. Have you have you used them? Is that what you use on your boats? A little angles cooler? Or have you got a built-in live well? The time, the few times I use minnows, yes, I got two angle coolers. And let me tell you, Miss um, Becky Botwell, she sells them too at Botwell Bait and Tackle. They are they are awesome, man. And 
like this weekend, um, I kept millions alive for three days, but you got to rotate that. Um, I put a frozen bottle in there, like a um, 20 ounce bottle, frozen water bottle, and you rotate that that bottle out and you keep that water cool. You can keep millions in there four to five days easily. So I'll, I'll, I'll raise you a frozen water bottle. Have you seen uh, their new lithium powered aerator? I haven't. Check those out when you get a chance. I, I bought one this year. It kind of hurt my feelings. I'm not going to say on air how much I spent for one, more than what I paid for the cooler. But it's a it's a rechargeable lithium battery. Super quiet. You can plug it into a cigarette lighter in your boat, your truck. You can plug it in at the house, and you're never sitting there scrambling. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting there trying to scare up 2D batteries for an aerator that's about to go out. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. If you bait fish a lot, they're pretty handy. Yeah, I will. I definitely check that out. Yeah, check them out, or, or, or even better. Next time you get up here, we'll have to uh, we'll have to meet up. I'll, I'll show you mine. How about that? Now, I'll provide the aerator if you provide the manas. <laughs> that's what that's, that's a plan. All right. Well, Dippy, uh, I, I know too you do the, the fun Dippy outdoors. Uh, I know you do some some guide services, and we have a lot of guys on here that guide. You guide a little bit differently. If they if they go look you up, you don't you don't have rates, right? No, I don't have rates. All my trips are donation trips. All those proceeds goes back to Dippy Outdoors um, organization for the kids. So, like, right, like right now, we got a um a fun not fundraiser, but we got a um a um a big gift package giveaway on Facebook now for the Dippy Outdoors kids. So all those proceeds go back to um monthly giveaways and our big kids tournament. And gotcha. um, we got some huge monthly giveaways coming up. I can't tell what's coming up next month. But it's going to be the biggest giveaway that we have. We've been doing this about four years now. It's been the biggest giveaway we got coming up next month. That so far, I'm just so thrilled about what we're about to give a, a young kid next month. So awesome! Well, that's awesome. Well, that's exciting. If uh, if people want to keep track of that, or if they want to reach out to you about a about getting a trip, where's where's a good place to find you, Dip? They can go to um, Dippy Outdoors um, on Facebook, or they can contact me. I got all my numbers on Facebook too. Um, up on a Dip MacMillan. Or or DP Outdoors. My phone number is on both pages, so they can easily contact me, uh, text me, or call me, and I'll get back with them as um, quick as possible. There we go. And guys, Dip, he is the man. Uh, I'm on I'm on all the local Facebook groups down here, and he's out there every single week catching crappie, catching big crappie donkeys. What he calls them on his YouTube channel, <laughs> out there catching donkeys. I love it. Well, Dip, it's been good talking to you, and I uh, look forward to talking to you more in the future, brother. Y'all so much for having me, buddy, anytime. Uh, yes, sir. You stay cool out there. Yes, sir. You too. All right, guys. That wraps up another great segment with Dip McMillan. We're going to take a quick minute and check out some of the businesses that help keep this show free for you guys. This week is brought to you by L&M Marine. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. 
All right, guys, we are back. And with our third and final guest, we are talking to Art Preller. Now, Art Preller, he's not a local Delta guy, but he knows a thing or two about limelining. And that is one of my favorite things to do here in the Delta. Um, I love the limeline. I like to limeline for, you know, quantities of catfish. If we got a fish fry coming up and every now and then I like to go and uh, soak some big bluegill and see if we can't catch some 40, 50 pound fish. So, Art, how you doing today, brother? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Well, good, good. I seen uh, before we logged in, I seen a picture of your office, and I got to say, you got a nicer office than I do. Yeah, my views the the beautiful White River down in the Delta of Arkansas. So this is partially Delta. That that's it. That's so it is still a Delta podcast. It may not be Mobile Tensaw yeah. Delta, but it's still a Delta podcast. Good deal. Well, Art, tell us, tell us, just give us a little brief introduction to yourself. Yeah. I'm, uh, just a White River native there in Augusta, Arkansas. My family came from the Kentucky and came down on a houseboat, and they came down the Mississippi, ended up coming up up the White River from the Arkansas and landed in Augusta, Arkansas. And they pretty much had a, a gun shop, photo photo shop, which we have a photo gallery that's on online from the 1900s. And the river just runs through our blood and uh, and. I live here on, on the river here in Augusta, Arkansas, and love to, the outdoors, the fishing, the hunting, and everything that has to do do with the outdoors. And and limeline fishing was always attractive to me, and it was always a hassle, but I ended up coming with, with a new device that, that makes it simpler and easy for everybody to come, come and catch catfish. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk some more about that here in a second but, but give me just kind of kind of the the aerial view here uh what got you into setting limb lines and why why would somebody be interested in setting limb lines well if you want to build a catfish on the pole which i, I love to pole fish too that's fine but if you want to fill your freezer the limb line fishing is is a productive way you can set uh, more hooks out and of course it it, it uh, ups your success rate the more lines you have out Absolutely. Yeah. I've, uh, if you get a, a, a church fish fry coming up, that, that's definitely the way to, to get that done. Yeah. We went out last weekend, me and my son and two other guys, and we set out 25 hooks and ended up with 32 catfish that night, that evening. And we're doing this so we can have a 4th of July fish fry. Yeah. There we're we go. set for that in one night. Yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's a, uh, like like I said, sometimes you got to work smarter, not harder, right? Exactly. So Price of food nowadays, is, you need to you can save all the money you can. Oh, absolutely. Just to buy farm uh, farm raised catfish is is expensive, and then uh, there's no comparison to me between you know farm farm raised oh, versus water. river caught. Yeah, it's two different animals completely. Yes. So you obviously know what you do, and if you can catch thirty two fish in a night on 25 limb lines that's a real good hookup rate so kind of walk us through that where where do you start setting limb lines i mean obviously you know you're setting them on on the bank fishing fishing pretty shallow it's not like bass fishing right where we're sitting there talking with guys who are uh you know fishing 12 foot of water submerged structure open water on the lake you know you kind of got a place to start right you bank fishing but how do you how do you pick a good limb? If you're riding down the river on the edge of a lake, what makes you think oh, I'm going to tie a limb line to that limb over there? Well, a catfish or a, or a edge dweller anyway, and uh, usually if you're 
usually most time people fish in the springtime, which is best time, and you got a lot of water, and you usually want to wait till the water gets in the banks, a creek or lake or river that you're fishing. And I I go up down the down the edge and I'm fishing around. At least I've got a three foot paddle, and as long as I've got three foot of water underneath this this limb, and it, it needs to be a small limb. You believe it or not, a small limb will catch a large fish. I mean, it doesn't have about a quarter inch to a half inch in size because you want the fish to be able to fight. If You know, if you put it on just a stick sticking out or a log sticking out, it's going to straighten out your swivel or straighten out your hook or you're just going to lose it all. But you go down through there and then you, you look for cover. I mean, it, it depends on what you're fishing for. If you're fishing for flathead, the bluff banks are better. And then if you're fishing for the channel cat or blue or white, and and well, I mean you can catch the flathead or on either side. But if you're fishing for the just for quantity and and not a certain type, you can fish on either side. But I I go up in the brush just a little bit and I take my three foot paddle and if I've got three foot of water, that's ideal. And then you get about a foot and a half, two foot away from the bank and drop your line and. I usually don't fish on the bottom. I'll fish about six inches above the bottom and set them out in the evenings because uh, if you set them out during the day, usually the bait stillers will, will get them the gar and the brim. They'll get your bait. And it depends on what bait you're using as well where you want to fish to. So what what bait do you usually like to use? It depends on what species of catfish you're fishing for. If I'm just going to go out and catch for a fish fry, you can use the night crawlers or liver. I don't use a whole lot of liver because they don't stay on your hook that well. But the night crawlers and the uh, rice slicks and goldfish, it depends on what you're specifically going after. Now, the night crawlers, they'll catch 90% of the time. And what you want to do is set, out, set them out, set your lines out about 30 minutes before dark to an hour before dark. And then once you get all your lines set, go back and after dark and check all your lines because when you once you get done half your lines are going to have the bait and if you don't have any bait you're not going to catch any fish but the night crawlers is always a, a go-getter can you elaborate a little bit on you know you've talked about different bait for different different fish so like is there a uh, a number one bait for uh, for channel catfish versus like blue cats versus flatheads. I know, I know you said that, you know, you catch more flatheads on live bait. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, now you, you, you can catch all the species on, on the night crawler, but if you're going to, if you're going for the flathead, I would suggest you going toward the bluff bank. The, the limbs are harder to find there, but you can also make your own limbs, but that's another broadcast there. But, uh, the bluff banks, the, the flathead, I'll, I'll use the rice, the rice slicks, which is just a small brim or goldfish. And then um, you'll catch probably 25, your success rate is probably 25% where we're at now. If we put out 25 hooks, we'll, we'll catch 8 to 10 flathead on, on the bluff bank. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, and, and, and it, it just depends on the time of year, too. I mean, uh, if... Uh, if you're fishing for flathead, June is the is most productive month because that's usually when they're spawning. And it depends on what you're fishing for. If you want the big catfish, you're gonna have to, you know, set your limb lines up with the larger swivels and the number seven hooks and 
and and and be set up. But if you're just filling your freezer and you want to have a fish fry and, and watch your kids get, get excited with a two to ten pound catfish, then then you can just use your normal setting. Right. Do you do you ever mess with any of the uh, prepared baits, dough baits, dip baits, anything like that when you run limb lines? I usually don't because uh, where I'm at, the the water is running around two knots or whatever, and it'll just wash off in the the scent. There's too much water area for gotcha. the fish to locate it, and it washes the scent off the bait. I got gotcha. you. So you usually you you mentioned uh, uh, night crawlers, which I know I've caught a lot of channel cats on night crawlers, and you mentioned live bait, which which is real good, like you said, for flathead. Blue cats, what are you using? Are you using cut bait or Well if you get if you're lucky enough to catch a few skipjack while you're you're catfishing, which you can do that. And I've actually cut up drum before and have caught some nice blue. I think we caught a twenty two pound white last week because and it, and that was actually on cut bait from a from a drum that we just caught because we run out we run out of our brim. I see. Old old Gasper goo fish, huh? Yeah, those catfish will pretty much eat anything. Oh, they're, they're just scavengers, or they're just looking for food. And right now, in the, in the springtime, they're they're feeding their, getting their feed feed on for sure. Well, that's that's good to hear. We uh, the fishing report down here has been pretty good. Seems like the bass fishing is doing good, and the crappie fishing is doing good. And that's great. What you just said, that flathead spawning in uh, June. We're right here in the middle of June, so. Uh, and our water just receded. We was talked about that with our other guests. We uh, we flood here all during the spring, and it's just been here within the past couple of weeks that the water finally settled out, got down between the banks. So it's uh, definitely some some good opportunities here in the Delta. Look like they're coming up. What uh, you mentioned hooks. So I, I know there's a there's a big difference between catching those little you know two pound eater catfish. And catching trophy catfish, kind of walk me through if you don't mind. What what do you like to use for hooks, both the size and then do you have a preference? I know some guys that are you know ride or die circle hook guys. I know some guys who like the old traditional J hooks. Uh, what what's your hook preference? Well, I'm not really the big trophy uh, cat catfishman. I'm really just filling my freezer and and I under, I understand the. The, you know the, the circle hooks they've been around for a long time but they just just now took off because of all the uh, catfish tournaments and everything where they're going for the 50 to 80 pound catfish and the circle hooks are a great thing because when and they they work great on a limb line too because when the circle hook it is less likely for the fish to swallow the hook whenever they start pulling it'll it'll pull and go to the corner of their mouth instead of just them swallowing the hook and killing the fish, and usually my 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 rule, which is not everybody's rule, is if the fish doesn't fit my fillet knife, I'm I'm gonna let him go and let him go ahead and spawn or let her go. Excuse me, let her go because you you got to replenish your supply. You can't right. catch them all, you know. But if you're going for the big the big catfish, you need you need the number seven. I would say the number seven uh, circle hook, and with and with the big bullet weights and on the ordinary limb lines i would just use the little old split split shot sinkers about the size of a racer head and then with a number two to number four probably number four would be the preferable hook of a j hook or, or the circle hook 
if you if you're not going for the big boys. Now, if you're going for the big boys, we'll have we'll have to have another conversation about that because I've got a few tips on them too. Oh, Lordy. Well, just, just to clarify, real quick. yeah, yeah, I can't tell everybody. We, we, we'll talk about that after we wrap yeah. the recording up. We'll talk about the secrets for the super big catfish. But uh, and I ain't, no need, ain't no need to put all your cards on the table right there. So just, just to clarify, like like you was talking about a number seven hook. Are you talking a, a number seven circle hook seems small? Is it the seven or the seven alt? The seven alt, I'm sorry. Yeah, about an inch and a half, inch, about an inch to an inch and a quarter diameter between the point and the and the shaft of yeah. the hook. Yeah, it's a it's a big hook. If you're a if you're a freshwater fisherman and you're used to them bass hooks and them little Aberdeen crappie hooks, that first time you hold a pack of seven alt eight alt hooks in your hand, that's a uh, it's a whole different ball game. Yes. So just as far as running lines and kind of keeping everything clean and organized, because I know un- unfortunately down here where I'm at and once the water goes up and it comes back down, I do a lot of kayaking up into little creeks and on the edges of rivers and stuff like that. And you see all up and down the bank, there'll be old limb lines yes. hanging up in the trees. And I've, I've seen every now and then you see a cormoran or something get caught on them. I've almost got caught on them riding down the river. I've almost caught one of them seven alt treble hooks and yanked me out my kayak. And, and I've fished right. with some guys before and you go to run limb lines and it kind of turns into a, a bit of a rodeo all them ropes and all them hooks and trying to keep stuff from getting tangled. What, what's kind of some of your tips to make it a smooth, enjoyable experience and, and keeping everything clean, keeping everything organized, being able to get your hooks on the water in an organized manner and getting them off the water back in your tackle box where they belong. What, what, what do you have to say on that? Well, that's, that's exactly what prompted me to come up with my product i don't want to just promote it but yeah i mean if, if you, you go out and fishing I've, I've done the same thing and and cut several other people's drop lines that are just laying with a hook above the water you know so once, once the water drops out and you know and most people would not would not take them would not leave them but most people some people don't even take them with them and then i'm like you i'll go through and i'll cut them and leave the place better but what i what i came up with and instead of carrying five gallon buckets with me with a with lines and hooks and then another bucket with the reflector tags if you're fishing at night another bucket with name tags i've incorporated it all in one tube that acts as an indicator tube and a storage container and these here are basically you can put 50 of them in a five gallon bucket and it's all organized. And then once you get through fishing, you can go back through and you'll co- collect your fishing equipment. Because if you don't, somebody else will come by and get it and take it off the lake, the river. And it, it, it helps the environment too, but it, it makes it easier for everybody to fish. And it kind of gets the, the bad look that the limb liners have off the, off the water. It's, it's definitely, you, you've got an interesting product yeah. and a, I, I bought some to use and I, I make my own limb lines, but I, I bought some just to keep, cause I'll set them going to and from hunting spots. I go out deer hunting in the evening. A lot of times, you know, I'll set four or five limb lines uh, to check yeah. on the way back out in the dark. And it's, it is neat. Your, your product's unique in that it gives you a, a way to store it. Like you said, you can wrap it up, store it. The hook point isn't exposed. Uh, and then you've also got a place where you can tag it. 
with your information because here in Alabama, I know you do have to have your conservation ID number or your name, your phone. There's some information you have to have to try to keep people accountable, keep people from leaving gear. And then it works too, if I'm not mistaken, it works as a strike indicator, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, once, you, once you have it tied to the limb and it's pointed down toward the water, that means there's no fish. You can, but you go back through there after setting 15 or 20 of them, if it's bouncing around or pointing up, that means the fish is on makes it simple and easy to check and most of the time when you limb line you'll run up to the bank or with your your john boat or fishing boat and you'll bang on the side of your boat then you'll see that limb just start shaking like a tree shaker on on a gator gator hunting but no it, it makes it simple and easy to check and like i said it has a reflector at night so when you're fishing at night it shines like a christmas tree it's, it's definitely it's, it's a neat product organization helps keep you legal makes it easier to see i, I found when i said it so I, I love when you set a line and you're coming down the river and you can see a quarter mile off you can see that whole limb coming in out the water makes the whole tree shake and you know you got a big fish on oh yeah when your kid or your grandson sees it before you do he thinks he's he's done something he gets excited to it it he, makes it family oriented and fun as well Absolutely. And, and it, it's yeah. always fun, but like you talked about those little fish and little eating size, you know, Sunday fish fry fish, they don't do that. And and what I found is that indicator is real sensitive and it makes it a lot easier to check. If you get a two pound channel catfish on and he's not moving the whole limb, he'll still make that indicator waggle and you can see it a quarter mile down the river, especially if you got your Q beam, you can, you can see yeah. it bouncing and know, and that really helps. Cause like you were saying, Sometimes we'll set five or 10 limb lines all on the same stretch of river. And then we may anchor up, you know, drop a line, fish, fish with a rod and reel. And you can sit there and sweep with that Q-bame and you can see, even if it's a little one or two pound catfish, you can see that indicator wobbling. It's pretty, pretty neat system that you've got. Yeah, you'll, you'll run across some of them that they'll be just laying flat, you know, because once they get through fighting for a while, they'll just lay there on the edge and... You get up there, then they start tearing it up. So it, it, it's a real handy device. Right. Thank you. Well, well Art, where, if, if somebody's interested in, in getting some of your pre-made limb lines, what, uh, what are they called, and, and where's the best place to find them? How do people get a hold of you? Uh, Limbline.com is, is our website, and then they're also available at, at local Bass Pros. We just, just changed colors and added more reflectors for better visibility uh, we're having a clearance i'm not going to do a sales pitch but we're having a clearance on our website getting rid of those red white and blue as we've gone to the to the green uh, fluorescent green for better visibility in daytime and nighttime and like i said you can get them at limline.com or you can go to basspro.com Awesome. Well, that, that makes things super convenient. I'm, I may have to pick out a few next time I go into town. I'll run into Bass Pro because I got a Father's Day fishing trip coming up. So I might have to grab me a few myself. Well, I, I hope you do because it took 12 years to eight years to get to Patton and four years to get them in Bass Pro. So go to Bass Pro. Keep them in there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, Art, it was, it was good talking to you, sir. You too, Mr. Nick. All right, folks, that was another awesome report brought to you by Art Preller. Uh, let's take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. 
They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory trained and certified technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama 35907, or just give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, you can text FISHING to 314-665-1767. Again, you can just text FISHING to 314-665-1767 and subscribe to our email list and we'll send you the show each week. Thanks for listening. This week is brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. Also by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply manufacture a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs. Whether you are putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building, they have you covered. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply your metal roofing headquarters. Also by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Mallardbay.com. Also brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. Also by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and and give Norman a call. Also brought to you by Hayabusa. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. From sabikis and saltwater hooks to jigs and freshwater hooks, see what they are all about at hayabusafishing.com.